BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. watched a Christmas mystery, which is something you've been very interested in watching for quite a while. I love me some shitty made-for-TV Hallmark-esque nonsense. Did you love this? No. <laughs> Christmas mystery. It's a 2014 film starring people you've never heard of. Uh, there's th- one There's one person <laughs> in the Oh, cast. yeah, except for one guy. Why don't you tell us who who's in this that people might know? Uh, Cliff Clavin from Cheers. TV's own... John, John Ratzenberger. John Ratzenberger. So he's in it. They got him. 
He he's the big star of the picture. <laughs> oh god. And I mean this is a bit of a of a spoiler. Oh, it's a but... twenty fourteen picture. Did I mention that? Yes, you did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you should be. So uh the thing is when you have uh a movie or whatever you want to call this that has only one person you've heard of, they're obviously the villain. Is that fair to say? Yeah, we, that's, we saw that with that really bad episode of Boomtown that I kind of loved and you hated where Can LeVar, you be more specific? LeVar Burton was in it. Yeah. And we all knew who the baddie was going to be because you got to give yes. them the big meaty action acting role. Yeah, so in order to snag someone with the star power of a Cliff Clavin, the raw sexual magnetism oh. of a Cliff Clavin. He's, Fanning he's myself. A, <laughs> yes, it was quite a sight. The, the the he's like a young Brando in this. He he is the uh, big star. He's he's not quite up to the level he was when he was playing Cliff Clavin, but he's by far the best actor in the picture. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Christmas mystery. <laughs> Christmas mystery to me. That's what we're going for. Yeah. They could have made a movie about us. It would have been also very okay, bad. What, what's, what's the plot? Uh, ooh, uh, Well, it kind of mirrors in some ways the plot of the movie where, you know, a New York, sassy New York reporter lady goes to somewhere else. In this case, I guess, Indiana or generically the Midwest and meets a handsome young lawyer and they, and they look into a mystery. That could be good. So yeah, pitch it. I there. That's it. That's all I got. It's not much of a pitch. The Do sparks fly when they meet. Christmas mystery to me. Sparks fly. You know, I'm sure this. There's some. I he has a dumb dog. <laughs> she can be in it. Name a Lanolin Q Smith in her acting debut. We have a dog named Lanolin. Uh, well, Q yeah, that people know. People. I mean, we've we've talked about her. We've introduced her. It's funny. She's been really needy all day. And now that we're going to talk about this pile of Christmas garbage, she's nowhere to be seen. She's run off. <laughs> so even yeah, she knows a stinker <laughs> when she sees it. Uh, so this starts out with a guy packing. Like, yeah, it's that kind of movie. <laughs> Hot packing action. And a guy basically walks out on his family on Christmas. I'm making it sound way more interesting than it was. Car follows him. Ooh, marina action. He gets on the boat. He sails off, and someone's waiting for him on the boat. Cut to black. Okay, what the fuck's going on? Very tasteful fade to black. Very tasteful. <laughs> oh. Because we know what was really going on on oh. that boat. Oh. Oh. A lover's tryst. A lover's Christmas tryst. Trismas. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that that would be nice. Yeah, I'd watch that movie over this piece of crap. But yeah, like a couple people having sex on a boat. Yeah, just like a guy who's like, you know what? I'm I'm actually gay, and I'm just gonna live my truth. You know, better than this movie. This movie was just there's the stuff that happens in this movie. Okay, it's a it's a Christmas mystery why they made this. Uh, then we cut to the little girl in the opening. Now she's all grown up. She's a snappy, hardworking reporter. Uh, you know, 
brags about staying in the newsroom until 11 p.m. I don't know this actress. She seemed to have some sort of like Irish accent underneath an American accent. It was very odd, very distracting. Uh, she so this is the opening that really struck a chord with me. She gets called into the editor's office and told that her article was factually incorrect, where she said a guy was guilty even though he was exonerated in the article, I guess, and and then they uh they they suspend her. And all this is treated like a big blog show. Oh, you know, oh, you're always suspending me. Ah, you'll have me back. <laughs> so, so is that realistic? Whenever I get suspended, that's exactly how I act. I, I would be, I mean, wouldn't you be crying and freaking out? I mean, if you fucked up that badly, you wouldn't be treating it like, ah, just I'll, I'll issue a retraction, Jack. Don't worry about it. What the fuck? You, I mean, like, if, if lawyers, if, like, if... <laughs> If they opened up with a prosecutor getting told, like, hey, you know that guy you convicted? He was innocent. DNA proved it. And you were like, ah, just suspend me for a while. I'll be I'll be back after Christmas. What the fuck? Ridiculous. So you're saying reporters take it very seriously if they made this sort of major error. They wouldn't just laugh it off. I don't think so. Also, you know, reporting, I mean, it, like, I don't know what kind of reporter. There's lots of different kinds of reporters, just like there's lots of different kinds of lawyers. If she's writing an opinion piece saying, Oh, this guy got off the, you know, like got off a murder charge because he had fancy lawyers, but he still probably did it because I believe the prosecution. That's okay because you're saying an opinion. But if you just print something saying this guy was found guilty <laughs> when he wasn't, I mean, that you're like trying to twist reality to fit what you want it to be instead of reporting the facts. So it, it just, the whole thing seemed pretty bizarre. So you're saying they introduce the character to you in a way that makes you immediately lose all respect for the character. Yes. You, you think she's very bad at her job. Yes. I immediately think she's an, just a friggin' idiot or, or yeah, just a horrible reporter. Is that like a storytelling choice? Do they, do they want us to have a little opinion of her? Uh, I don't think so. I just think a lot of these kind of paint-by-the-numbers, Hallmark kind of-esque romances, you know, kind of mystery romances – they want people to be reporters because they think they know what that means. And then they want to, like, write snappy dialogue to, like, kind of convey what that is. Yeah, there, there was no snappy dialogue. No. I mean, but they're just having her be, like, obnoxious in the office and being like, ah, you know, I'm walking around. And it's like, oh, God. It's, it's oh, jeez. They don't do that with lawyers as much in these movies. But they Well, people respect lawyers. Kevin has a little impish smile right now. I can't see it, but it's also the fact that reporters are more interesting, so they're going to be in more of these movies. <laughs> they always get writers' jobs wrong. Just all these wrong. I mean, we watched that awful movie, uh, the the significantly better than this, to be clear. But the, what was it called? Love Hard. They were having like this writer fly across the country, and I was like, "What? What do you think?" reporters and writers do it's not that hard to figure out I'm, I'm sure there's lots of like blog posts out there that kind of like give you insight into what it's like to be a reporter you could just talk to one but i guess realism isn't really what a lot of these movies are going for and then her mom dies oh yeah then her mom dies yep happy christmas <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the funeral was some random old lady totters over and is like, you know, a heart attack at her age. And like you feel like she's going to say, like, I'm next. 
And then she sees a mysterious car drive off. Whoa. Other people are at the fucking graveyard. Big deal. And, and also uh, the, 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 the uh, funeral is uh, Cliff Clavin. TV's John Ratzenberger. Lights up the screen because his charisma is miles above our sassy young reporter. Kevin's eyes actually were aglow, like a child looking at a Christmas tree for the first time in his life when, when TV's John Ratzenberger showed up. I think I actually saw a little tear in the corner of your eye. I remember you, you dropped your little kerchief. Oh, oh for, for TV's John Ratzenberg? Yeah. Oh, no. How bold of me to do that in front of my husband. I was shocked at a little bit of fit. For a man who's not really here, who's just on the screen. I guess I didn't understand that part of it. You were very confused by a lot of this movie. Well, he's so he's so he was so charismatic and personable here that I thought maybe he might actually reach through the screen and pick up my handkerchief. So I think even even if you're upset with that move, you can be uh, you can understand why the gravitas and the, yeah. the presence of his performance really Sounds got like to me. Sounds like a Purple Rose of Cairo type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> so Purple Rose of Cairo, of course, is a movie where one of the characters in the movie is able to invite an audience member to enter the movie with them. So what movie would you most love to be Purple Rose of cairo into? Uh, I don't know. None? Do, do you get stuck there? I've never seen Purple Rose of Cairo. Oh, you can leave if you want. You can leave. Okay, so, hmm, I don't know, like a fun adventure film. Like a Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, that might, I mean, I don't, I mean, he's kind of just batted about by the plot and that, but yeah, I mean, something like that. That could be fun. Something fun. Something, a, a fun film. I know what you would do. What would I do? Star Wars. I mean, there's a lot of running around in that. <laughs> the camera would pan keep panning back to Kevin, like, doubled over and panting. <laughs> Can we slow down? <laughs> Covered in sweat. See, I like running around. Kind of keeps me from getting bored and sad. <laughs> you really want to be sitting around a fucking, the fucking Millennium Falcon on your phone? <laughs> Check checking Twitter, seeing what's going on on Reddit. I want to be entertained. So you, you like the radio? You'd be, you'd be running around with Indy for, uh, yeah. Well, he's not a John Ratzenberger type. I that's, know, that's I know. <laughs> there is that. I was very lucky that the first time I met you, I just happened by coincidence to be wearing a mailman's uniform. <laughs> This is going to be the bit this whole episode that I'm in love with TV's John Ratzenberger. You kind of sidled up next to me and said you want to play post office. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Just don't push my buttons too much or I'll really go postal. <laughs> oh, man. It would have been way more funny if... if, if because what what he's playing a, a cop, an ex cop, a retired cop, and turns out that Rebecca's missing dad was a cop. It would have been much funnier if they were postal inspectors. Yeah. 
would have really lowered all the stakes. So she sees him at the funeral. He says some bland stuff. And then he, like, disappears for, uh, what, like an hour? Yeah, the entire movie, basically. But you kind of keep, he's basically her dad's ex-partner. Not not in basically, a romantic way, but, like, in a, in a cop so way. So basically, they could only afford John Rassenberger for maybe a day. <laughs> he said, talk to my agent. <laughs> so they have him in this scene at the beginning. And they have him a couple scenes at the end. And then a Gotta couple, use them sparingly because the, the intensity is too much. And a couple of times they have scenes of somebody wearing black gloves acting menacingly. And you see close-ups of the, the gloves. And that's probably a body double for Mr. Rassenberger. They, they wouldn't, can't they afford wouldn't, that. They, they wouldn't have him come in just for that. This movie can't afford that. Yeah. A c- completely, yeah. Menacing gloves. That's why whenever you're away from the house, I always put on my black gloves to do things just just to feel like a villain. Slicing oranges, giving Lanny water <laughs> makes everything seem more ominous. You're desperate to make your life seem interesting. Gotta, I gotta live that lie. Um, but anyway, so now, uh, so the reporter chick uh, ends up finding secret, uh, very very uh, vague love letters from somebody kind of like that just have a heart on them. They're not, I mean, it's not like she found her mom's like, you know, sex or anything like that, but she, she assumes, Oh, it's my mom's lover. That, that, she be never, awkward? Yeah, that would be very awkward. Jesus Christ. But she uh, decides, Oh, this must be my mom's lover that she never told me about. Let's go meet, you know, this guy she was, you know, having an affair with, I guess. Now, is that a good idea? No, it's not. She's all like, She's all like, oh, it's romantic. She's a very weird accent, to be clear. And, I, you know, I, I have to tell him that she died. So that'd be an awkward conversation. Hey, were you fucking my mom? Oh, well, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like a one-two punch. The first part's bad enough, and then it's like just gets depressing from there. Jeez. The guy would probably be just brokenhearted, just fall apart. So is she a monster? She just wants to see that happen? I mean, I guess, you know, in fairness, like, otherwise maybe she would feel like the guy would take away that the mom just ghosted him or something. Like, he, like maybe he just sent her his first dick pic, then she died, and then maybe he thinks, he spends the rest of his life thinking, oh, man. Don't you, the guy's not an idiot. He can use Google. I mean, but they're they're old people, so maybe she, she wants to make sure he can find that stuff out, you know. Doesn't get hurt feelings. It's a bizarre endeavor. Also, the Christmas cards literally just have a heart in them, I think. And so the whole mission is kind of stupid because I I could see this turning out to be like, oh, this is from our local auto insurance office. And they just get really vague in terms of the captions within the card. <laughs> All for naught. But she just gets it in her head that it's her mom's secret lover. So she... Uh, gets connected with uh, TV's John Ratzenberger hooks her up with a private eye who he knows somehow um, and she ends up going on something called Benny's slash basement dot com too and I just I just am throwing that out because that sounded to me like a snuff film site and I didn't like you it would know. I would know I've been on quite a few <laughs> <laughs> and she meets this this private detective this guy whose name escapes me and he starts loudly in the middle of this bar telling her all about his 
ongoing case with a client, completely breaking any sort of confidentiality, and uh, humiliating this client because it's a case where her fiancé is cheating on her. And this, this uh, a scene unfolds before them. And it's like, wow, this is a great introduction. Like, what if what if somebody met, went to meet you, Kevin, as a, as a lawyer, and in the middle of a cafe, you started loudly telling them, you know, you know, breaking a, attorney-client privilege in front of everyone. Well, in fairness, we we met her by saying, oh, by by learning, oh boy, this woman is really really bad at her job, and now we meet him, he's also very bad at his job. So maybe these two kids, maybe maybe they're meant for each these other. These two dumb kids. He's kind of a generic, clinically looking... Ken, Ken doll. Ken doll is what comes to mind. He looks like a Ken doll. And we're supposed... They're supposed... They, they want us... They, they want them to have chemistry. They want them to have banter, but they don't know how to do it. The only It'd one who like has... If, if, yeah. if you like put a little child in uh, a lab coat... And you send him into a laboratory with beakers and stuff. Maybe he's seen films of people in labs, and he'd do his best. He'd say, "Oh, Billy's so cute," but he's not gonna get the job done. And that's what it's like watching this with these two actors. The only one who has any chemistry with anyone is John Ratzenberger. TV's John Ratzenberger with the entire audience. Especially one very devoted fan, one Anya Kane. Got to settle down here. Yes, I noticed. The married woman. Got to remember that. the movie, you kept on like, had a little penny right on Anya Ratzenberger. <laughs> I'm very hurt by this. We're going to be, after we're done recording this, we're going to have to just hop in the car and head to marriage counseling. Yeah, this is pretty serious. That's what this movie has done to us. But, you know, okay, so they're both terrible at their jobs, and they're both kind of, like, blandly conventionally attractive, so obviously we're, you know, they're going to end up together. Um, But, you know, we get a little, ooh, what's going on? Because he seems to be spying on her. He keeps on taking calls from someone and being like, yeah, I got my eyes on her. You know, I won't let her leave my sight. And it's like, what the fuck? Also, having these conversations very loudly, presumably almost within earshot of the reporter. So, like, everyone's kind of, no one's no one's firing on all cylinders here in terms of doing their job correctly. So, and, and, the, and the unprofessionalism continues. You were particularly appalled by what happens next. So, for some aspect of his job that he's been hired to do, he needs to go to another town. And so he says, why don't you come with me? And usually if you hire someone to do a job, that doesn't mean you have to hang out with them while they do the job you're paying them to do. Yeah, like if you have to go to like a courthouse to get documents or file something, you're not going to be like, all right, get in. and Come on, it'll be fun. <laughs> like <laughs> bully your clients into fucking around with you. And then also, so they, they do the banter and she agrees to go with him. And I think this is when we learn that he has a dog. And this is like the classic hack screenwriter trick. Oh, there's this character. We want to quickly show that he's likable. Uh, let's have him be nice to a, an animal. It's this little white fluff dog. So that's supposed to show us that he's sensitive and caring, even though he has this gruff exterior. And it's like he doesn't have a gruff exterior. And he also just 
it just more seems like he's not really taking care of his dog because I mean, and other people because if his, if his client had been allergic, this would have been kind of a bad thing for everybody. And then they also try to set him up as some sort of Sherlock Holmes type. Oh, that just made me that made me grit my teeth, well, just explain. cringe so hard that I almost. I hate I hate when move I like you don't have to do this movie you could just you could just keep going you don't have to embarrass yourself like this you know it's like seeing somebody really drunk get up and try to do karaoke and they really don't have a good voice and they're like doing a it just stop just take a sit down and drink some water basically and they're having him be like oh I you know he'll you know they'll be like you know, some guy will walk by and he'd be like, oh, are you late to deliver your Domino's pizza? And she's like, huh? And he's like, I noticed the pizza stain on the guy's tie. And also he was walking to a Domino's car. And it's like, and so we're supposed to be very, very impressed with this guy's intelligence where he's just making, you know, kind of either observations that nobody would make in real life or very obvious observations and jumping to conclusions, basically. And everyone around him is too polite to correct him, so he always seems right. So, <laughs> very embarrassing. And he keeps on saying condescending things to, like, oh, for an investigative reporter, you're not very uh, aware of your situation. It's like, what the fuck? Well, he's, like, nagging her. He's nagging her. You know all about that. You're always telling me that I was too crazy or too much of a loose cannon reporter. That's how I felt for you. <laughs> that my crazy schemes would amount to nothing. <laughs> but I couldn't do that because it was illegal. That kind of negging. I'm used to it. <laughs> and of course I negged you by saying you look nothing like TV's John Ratzenberger. <laughs> you may not have realized it at the time, but that was a neg. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really brokenhearted by what I've learned about our future from uh, watching this with you. Uh, I don't want to do the Ratzenberger bit anymore. I, f I feel like you're going to like send a recording of this episode to Mr. Ratzenberger. They'll be out of my ear. No. No. <laughs> To be honest, I didn't really watch Cheers a lot. I think I saw, like, an episode here and there on MeTV. It was always one of those things I was just kind of like, this is what everyone's raving about. So what what episode did you watch from the Diane years or the Rebecca Shit, years? I don't know. I, I mean, I know who Diane is. I, I, I think the most recent one that I saw a number of years ago was from the Rebecca years. And I was just like, all right, this is, this is fine. It's like you're getting, like you're going to a hotel pool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really piss off the whole cheers hive right now. But it's like you're going to a hotel pool and you're like, okay, I don't know how this is going to be. It could be a really nice pool, like sparkling blue, you know, amazing amenities, a bubbling hot tub in the background, or it could be really sketchy. And it's just like kind of in the middle. Like it's not, it's not great. It's not sketchy or bad. It's just it's just here, and I'll 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 go, and then I'll I'll leave, and I'll forget about it. That 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 was my reaction. Now listen, I may have seen some bad episodes, or I may have just not been in the mindset. Uh, you know, nowadays as a recovering alcoholic, the idea of watching a show about a bar doesn't exactly sound like incredibly appealing. 
but you know it's possible that there's some gems in there that I missed. But yeah, I, I didn't. You like Frasier, right? Oh yeah, I love Frasier. Yeah, yeah. That's, that seemed. I yeah, I like that. Is it the same thing? It's sort of. I didn't find the characters. I don't know. I just kind of was like, who are these fucking people? <laughs> It's kind of like you're at a bar and like a bunch of obnoxious people are talking and you're just like, I don't, like, quiet down, folks. <laughs> are you a big Cheers head? So where did the Johnny Ratzenberger fandom come from? Was it like it from came from Empire a joke? It came from a joke. I was joking for our for a bit for our podcast show. Oh, you took it too far. Oh, I'm over here sobbing in the corner. Convinced my marriage is over. You're, you're literally in fetal position, rocking back and forth. Snot all over your face. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> I like the sheer masculine power of a John Ratzenberger. <laughs> but he's never had snot on his face. Not, not, like, not like this, what I'm seeing right here. I'm broken her to be losing you to this veteran character actor. <laughs> with this middling career. God help him. How'd they get him for this one? Christmas mystery. That's the real Christmas mystery. The mystery is that he wanted to buy Christmas presents for his family or something, so he just took the job without reading the script. <sighs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now, so they go, okay, blah, blah, blah. They're basically looking for something, a bunch of shut, shit happens, and they basically find out that a certain guy who's named, like, Jack Smallwell or some bullshit. Seawell or some shit. Who cares? He's the guy who's been sending her mom, you know, cards for Christmas. They got to find him. So they're like, okay, they go to the old post lady. They go to the, uh, you know, some civil servant who's super allergic to dogs. They break in and, like, get a, the guy's social security number. Like, yeah, that's a good thing to do. That's definitely what reporters and private detectives do. They break into, like, government buildings and steal information. <laughs> Take that down, kids, if you want a <laughs> career in that space. And uh, they uh, basically go to the town where he is, I guess. Um, then they kind of start to get a little romantic. And they get romantic by discussing uh, his friends in the military who died tragically. And he says, you know, I often think about them and their lives they didn't get to have and how they were cut short. And this is how they're, like, trying to... Uh, she says, oh, wow. Sad. We're going to eat your mozzarella sticks? 
Things are really heating up here. No, but things are heating up because we have this wonderful bland ass jazz trio with this like long haired bassist and this guy who's like, grooving on the piano. And they're playing elevator music. They're playing Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. And they say, well, we got to dance to this. Got to dance. Got to cut the rug. Got to paint the town red and green for Christmas. It was really, yeah. <laughs> It's elevator. They're playing. They're jam. Like and like the, these guys are jamming. They're lo- oh yeah. They're feeling the groove, and 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 it, they're playing elevator music. And these two fucking people on kind of a date slash client dinner are want to go dance to that. I could not imagine. I think if I were at that restaurant, I would have had a heart attack of of just secondhand embarrassment seeing that because I, I oof. Can't do that. Just can't do that to me. You'd have to shield me from it. <laughs> Our first dance, of course, was to the theme from Cheers, <laughs> which has really taken on kind of a new meaning now. Oh, very well done. <laughs> You're never going to let me live this bit down, are you? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and, and also... Uh, not only does the detective talk about his dead buddies that he lost in the war, which is depressing, but he also talks about how his mom used to cut up magazines for some sort of horrifying collage to send his dad every Christmas. His dad was a fireman. I don't know why that would appeal to a fireman or any man, but it sounded like his mom was uh, having some sort of like ransom kidnapping operation going in, on the side. So just ve- ominous and, and disturbing vibes abound in this romance Christmas movie. Um, and she talks about how she's sad because her mom was probably lonely. Uh, it it would have been great if he said, "Oh man, don't worry. Maybe your mom was getting a lot of dick. <laughs> Christmas cards and dick pics from a Myers across the USA. <laughs> Happy Christmas, everybody." Um, and meanwhile, some guy breaks into her hotel room at this creepy B&B she's staying at with a sketchy owner, uh, locks her dog in the bathroom. And I, I would say that I, I think Lanny at this moment, despite being a very intimidating looking dog, would probably humiliate us all by loudly drinking toilet water in this scene if she had auditioned for this role. <laughs> and... Uh, she runs after the burglar when she comes home and figures out what's going on. They escape. The cops blow her off. Blah, blah, blah. And the the, the detective, because basically there's only one room and they don't want to you know sleep in the same room because they're not in a relationship. So she gets the room. He has to sleep outside in the car. But he gives his dog to her, which is a tiny little thing that was already overpowered once by the burglars and says, he'll protect you. It's supposed to be this like, aww. And I said, if we ever did, the, if we ever had a client who we were trying to protect, and we gave them Lanny for the night, we'd be fired before the, <laughs> before our alarm clocks went off in the morning. <laughs> There'd be a big ruckus, <laughs> scratching and whining and running around. And then there's actually a scene that was borderline effective, where the the reporter has finished a shower. And she's uh, attired very modestly in a large bath towel. She's completing her post-shower toilet, if you will. 
and then a man comes in and accosts her with a gun. And it's a very interesting, very dramatic scene. And then it ends abruptly because it turns out it was a dream and she's just lying in bed next to the dog. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, I woke up. Thank- I thought it was in a more interesting movie for a second. What a nightmare. <laughs> Got to keep everything as bland as possible. See, when you're doing bad storytelling, it's more fun when you go balls to the wall like that. You, of course, oddly enough, during this scene, you were very angry that the reporter wasn't naked. I didn't say it like that. I just said it's so funny how in all these Hallmark movies, they always have women like, oh, I'm getting out of the shower and I'm going to be attacked and stuff. But like they're always in big towels and stuff because obviously it's not. You want to see the skin. No, I don't want to see the skin. You feel that's skin. more realistic. I just think it gives people the wrong, you know, like when you're, you know, like you're not, in most cases, you're not going to be. When you're in your, if you're alone and in your post shower mood, you know, men and women, you're not necessarily going to be towelled up covering yourself because there's no one I else with a, you. I always put on a three piece suit immediately after <laughs> stepping out of the shower. That's what a gentleman does. That's why I keep finding soap and shampoo on your three piece suits. Disgusting. <laughs> you were demanding to see skin. I just made a remark, and you're making it sound all smutty and disgusting. <laughs> I'm a gentlewoman, first and foremost. <laughs> also, I also enjoyed this part of the movie because the reporter starts talking to the guy's dog like he's a person a number of times, and also at one point seems to indicate that they're going to share a bowl of dog food. So that, I don't think that was a, a choice on the movie's part. I think it was just... <laughs> Bad acting and writing, but it, it, it amused me. And and I'll take that in the in a movie this bad. Um, oh, and then they break the law because they break into some guy's house trying to find old, mysterious Jack, her mom's lover. And uh, they hold a male nurse at gunpoint for some reason. And he's kind of okay with that. And He seemed kind of into it. Uh, he's like, oh, wow. <laughs> and they... And they're like, who did this to this house? Like, implying that it's all ransacked. It's not ransacked at all. Just somebody put, like, white drop cloths over everything to, like, avoid dust. Who did this? How could this have happened? It's like, <laughs> maybe someone's painting, repainting? I don't know. And she finds a picture in that house of her mother wearing a ridiculous preppy sweater with the, with the name Becky embroidered on it. It's ridiculous. They get chased. It's a dumb, lame-ass chase scene, but it results in a funny conclusion where she's, she's <laughs> the main lady is like, oh, my arm! <laughs> At the end of it. <laughs> this anemic, snail-paced car chase, and they act like they crash the car, and she acts like she broke her arm, and then he has to ice it afterwards, and then they have a really awkward, mouthy kiss. Just weird smacking sounds happening. And then, of course... Because this is Hallmark, a tasteful cut to black. What you were furious about. You said, I want to see the deed. I didn't say that. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> because nowadays, even if, like, even if the characters, it wouldn't really make sense for them to, like, have sex in that moment. But, like, it's funny that that's what's implied. <laughs> Anyways, blah, blah, blah. Pot contrivances. They figure out some, they find pictures of some guys stalking old Jack. You know, you you all know what's going on. Jack's her dad, obviously, right? 
Some guys were stalking him. She 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 starts to suspect the detectives working against her. Goes to this jail for some reason to interview a guy who was stalking Jack. Then comes back. Then they have a dumb fight. And uh, the the inmate at one point tries to sing Goodkin Wenceslas for some reason. And running around, she's able to get into prison and interview an inmate just by flashing a press badge. It's like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> you can't just show up. What kind of prison is this? And uh, she finds out. The guy gives her, for some reason, a code to a bank account. She logs in. Finds out that the billionaire bad guy her dad tried to bust years ago was paying off Logan, a.k.a. TV's John Ratzenberger. Uh Uh-oh, he's a dirty cop. Maybe he did something. (coughs) And then she runs to confront the detective. What happens then? Uh... Doesn't, is this where she she confronts him? She, he explains everything to her satisfaction. Uh, somehow her dad's there. They show. They go. They go. They figure out Becky. The thing her mom was wearing is a boat, not not her name. So also his explanation was basically like, yes, I was telling Logan all the details on this, but I was just gossiping about you. It wasn't because uh, I was evil. <laughs> would that work on you? No. Okay, I'll come up with something else. Oh, yeah. Kevin's, Kevin's taking notes, crossing some things <laughs> off his notepad. They get on. They get to the marina somehow, get on the boat. The dad co- shows up with a harpoon gun trained on them, but then they hug. She seems surprisingly okay with her faking with him faking his death. Lying to her, making her thinking he he was dead all these years. He's basically, I did it to protect you. You know, like, whatever you think about, I mean, just complete, not making a political point here, just politics aside, but the idea of a billionaire in this country killing a police officer and his family just seems very unlikely because billionaires tend to have, like, legal ways to get their evil deeds done. And the idea that he, that this cop would go on the run for decades while still maintaining some sort of sexual relationship with his wife, unbeknownst to their daughter, and also having the money to pay for his daughter's fancy boarding school, it baffles the mind! What's going on? There's so many cute little dumb Christmas mysteries you could have done where maybe like, maybe like the mom had some sort of like boyfriend from the past that she reconnected with. I don't I don't know. So the secret boyfriend was was the woman's husband, the woman's father. Yes. Yeah. At some point I got lost. <laughs> Kevin was blinded by TV's John Ratzenberger. <laughs> That's all he saw. <laughs> Basically the dad was a cop with Ratzenberger and they were investigating a billionaire and the billionaire paid Ratzenberger to make evidence go away. And for some reason that made the dad be like, oh, they're going to kill me and my family if I stick around. So he fled on a boat. But he still comes back and but has sex with but, his but, wife. Well, he basically would send letters to his wife. So she, I guess, pre- presumably would come and have sex with him on his boat. But that neither of them uh, deigned to tell their 
fucking 11-year-old daughter this, so she spent her life thinking her dad had died in a boat accident, and uh, they shipped her off to boarding school at the earliest convenience. And to me, all this sounds a little suspicious. I tend to think that the parents maybe just wanted to see other people or be free, and they and they kind of didn't, you know, maybe they were like, oh, our, our kid's cramping our style, so they ship her off to boarding school, he moves out, they have sex once in a while, but maybe they kind of see other people fuck around. And now the dad is having to come together with some bullshit. So he hires his uh, ex-partner to make it look good. Like, oh, yeah, I had to be on the run, you know? So, I mean, that that's my theory here. Because <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. It's a pretty good life for him. He gets to hang out on a houseboat on the sea, just doing whatever he wants. And whenever he wants to get some, his wife will come out for a booty call. Got the... That, it, oh, that, I see a sparkle in your eyes. Kevin has mm. the salt of the sea in his eyes. <laughs> he mm. says, Ani, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you were. But my life, my love, and my lady is the sea. <laughs> you wouldn't last two minutes on a boat. <laughs> oh, I guess I've got I've got pretty good sea legs. I really doubt that. <laughs> You've been on a boat with me. I've been on a water taxi on the on the East River with you. We went on uh, the Maid of the Mist. Okay. Again, all these things. I, I You were not in charge of any of these boats. <laughs> oh, I can handle it just fine. You didn't step up to the Maid of the Mist captain and say, I'll take it from here, captain. Because <laughs> if you had, <laughs> that wouldn't have gone well. <laughs> I didn't want to intimidate them. <laughs> you didn't want to get, make them. <laughs> you didn't want to pirate uh, their boats, take their glory. That's right. Jesus. Very modest man. Oh Jesus! Yeah, this whole. I mean, obviously, it's a Hallmark movie, so it, it doesn't have to make sense. But it made sense in a. It, ma- it didn't make sense in a way that pissed me off. Is it a Hallmark movie? Was it made for the? Hallmark I don't know. Channel? I keep saying that, but I kind of tried to Google it, and I can't really figure it out either way. And I sort of just didn't care and stop trying apparently its other name was a secret past on its uh on its dvd release if you found i mean like yeah i mean uh, the betrayal and 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 her putting your daughter through the trauma of thinking that you're dead for no real good reason is just so heinous but of course she forgives him in two seconds then of course tv's john ratzenberger shows up to uh bring us home He's the villain, right? He's mm-hmm. the corrupt partner of her dad. And they're, yeah, you know, he's he's like an old man staggering around the docks. This is supposed to be really intimidating because he has a gun. And there's lots of yapping back and forth. He somehow sh- overpowers and shoots the young stud that she wants to be with. And then, you know, uh, then she hits him in the head with an oar. All of this is edited and choreographed very poorly. And uh, then the, you know... The good guys win. Obviously, the the detective doesn't die. They all have Christmas cookies sitting around together at the end. The detective kind of paraphrases your words, Kevin, where he says, do you think a big city reporter and a military grunt can make it work in this work-a-day world? <laughs> and it almost sort of feels like that's almost a little bit of sequel bait. Like, what? want to see what happens next. <laughs> to which everyone clearly said, No! <laughs> 
And the dad is acting very jocular, very jokey, putting his feet up on the fucking coffee table, eating the Christmas cookies. Oh, don't kiss my daughter. I mean, you abandoned your child, you motherfucker. What the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. And of course, everyone's like, oh, ho, ho. You know, he says, he says at one point, you know, he's like the the, the military guy's like, oh, I'm going to keep her safe. And he's like, well, who's going to keep her safe from you? It's like, who are you? You're a stranger to your own child. <laughs> the only good thing about this movie was I thought the theme song sounded a bit like only murders in the building theme song, which I enjoyed. Well, bring us home. Is it time for the five star? It's final? time for the fucking five star final. Also, thanks to our listeners who endure our unhinged rants every week and keep tuning in for reasons we don't fathom uh can't fathom but uh you know merry christmas and happy holidays to all you we really appreciate you guys tuning in and uh hope you guys have uh, a good and safe holiday season and a happy new year merry christmas (laughs) compliments of the season compliments of the season uh so yeah i would say for my five-star final uh this was more like a christmas mystery Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening. listening.